Good morning. Today is a very special day. Today is my brother's birthday. And my brother was actually born on Mother's Day. It's a, a fun thing that pops up every once in a while. But happy Mother's Day to all mothers out here with us. Uh, in fact, there's, uh, there's one commonality amongst every person in this room. Is that we all had a mother. So as we're remembering our mothers today, be sure that we uh, remember them and honor them uh, for who they are and what they've done. Uh, we've got a few announcements this morning. Uh, one is uh, you won't have to worry any longer because Pastor Scott will be back next week. So uh, no more enduring the, uh, the Michael Edgar Corny jokes, uh, at least not during the service with a microphone in front of me. Um, we do have some announcements. Uh, we have uh, coming up this week, we have our Wednesday uh, staff lunch. So if you want to come and uh, uh, hang out with us on Wednesday, we're starting up at 1130. Uh, we'll be having lunch in the DFC. Just bring whatever you want to if you want to bring a lunch from home or grab something on the way. Uh, and we'll just kind of sit and chit chat for a little while. Uh, it's a good way for y'all to get to know us, us to get to know y'all. Um, so yeah, just come have lunch with us on Wednesday if you're able to make that. Uh, we do have our uh, family camp out this coming Friday. If you have not already talked to us, uh, please do so today because our spots now are severely limited, if not already gone. Uh, so we would need to figure out a way to get you a camping spot. If you want to just come out for the day on Saturday, uh, feel free to do that as well. And you can contact me for more information. Saturday, we're going to be doing uh, a very, I hate saying the word hike because it's not a hike necessarily, more like walking along a path. Um, it's a very light walk, but we'll be doing a little bit of hiking on Saturday morning, uh, hanging out by the lake on Saturday afternoon with some fishing and some swimming and uh, some little, I don't know if it's beach isn't a good word, but beachside games. Um, and then uh, Saturday afternoon lunch and Saturday evening dinner, we'll be hanging out at the pavilion and just having a some relaxing time. So if you want to come out, please feel free to join us. Uh, I've got uh, more information on that if you want uh, you can email me. Uh, follow Not this coming Thursday, but the following, we will be doing a game night again. Uh, so you can do that online. Uh, we'll send out the link for that for, uh, on, uh, for next week. We'll send out the link to get onto the Zoom game night for Thursday night. Again, not this Thursday, the following. A couple people we want to remember in prayer this morning. Um, uh, Joan Williams' husband, uh, we believe, is still on hospice, uh, and Joan Williams will actually be having surgery on Tuesday. Um, Jack Van Vessum, uh, if you remember a couple, 20 years ago, as she had a major car accident, some complications from that over time have had him to have his gallbladder removed. So he is uh, currently in the hospital from that surgery. Uh, William Marlowe, uh, they were on a cruise, and he had a major fall. Um, they broke some ribs, and... Uh, had some brain bleeding, um, and then has to, they were, last night I know they were trying to air flight him back to Dallas. Uh, Jack Hester is currently in the hospital, but they don't think it's anything serious. Um, and Kay Prince, uh, is recovering from a neck fusion surgery. She's still, in, or she's currently in rehab. Um, and, uh, Bill Guzzi is, uh, was in the ER this morning, and they're not sure, we're not sure why at this point. Um, so, yeah, we've got a lot of prayers to be in prayer for this morning, a uh, lot to be thankful for as well. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we thank you again for 
um, the time that you've given to us, the time uh, that you have given us with relationships, with people that we can interact with, that can love on us and that we can love in return, Lord. Um, God, your love is so great for us. We, we ask for those who are sick and injured this morning um, that you would, uh, you would do your healing. You would give the doctors wisdom and skill uh, to, uh, and, the, and the knowledge of, of, to figure out what's going wrong and um, uh, what they can do, what, we, uh, what the doctors can do about it, Lord. Lord, you are the ultimate healer, um, and everything is within your power, and everything is also on your timetable. Um, it, is, it is your direction that, that we will follow, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just want to say thank you so much for um, the women, the mothers, the, the ladies that you have put into our life um, who, who show us that unconditional love that you have. Lord, no one's love is greater than yours. Um, and thank you for showing us a glimpse of that in, the, in our mothers. Lord, we thank you for all that you do. And it's in the name of our Savior Jesus that we pray. Amen. And now Edith will come and open us up with an invocation. Let's pray. Father, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing praise to your name. We come to worship you today by singing praises to you and to your holy name. We worship in music, prayer, in teaching and preaching of your holy word, and in remembrance of your great sacrifice for us, your son Jesus. We ask that everyone here today stay focused on you in worship and that our worship is pleasing to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand if you're able and join us in singing What a Beautiful Name.
Our scripture reading for this morning comes from the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. Please read these words with me, talking about the things that God had told the Israelites to do so that they would stay long in the land that he was giving them. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your Lord your God is calling you. May God bless the reading of his word. As we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, let's remember uh, the prayer requests we had from today. Joan Williams and, Bo- and her husband, William Marlowe, Jack Van Vessem, Bill Guzzi, Kay Prince, Jack Hester. Keep also in our prayers uh, Larry Ingram uh, as he's still recovering, Rudy and Joan as they're recovering, um, and uh, also those who are living in our senior living facilities, Flo Smith, Winona Anderson, Lorraine Bellringer, Tony Myrick and our homebound members, Dudley Perry and Cindy Bill Meyer and Bill Guzzi. Please pray with me. Our God, our Father, again, you are the great healer, and we trust your power, we trust your time, uh, we trust you, Lord, to take care of things as you see fit. Lord, we do ask for healing for those who cannot be here with us today. We ask for those who uh, have had surgery and are re- currently recovering. Uh, Lord, we ask for um, Uh, doctor's wisdom for those who are uh, still trying to figure out exactly um, what what needs to happen, whether it's surgery or medication. Um, Lord, we we ask for healing for all for all of those. Lord, we also want to pray and uh, for those who are currently serving in our military, who are serving abroad, serving here at home. Uh, Lord, there's there's physical danger to them. There's also spiritual danger. Um, Lord, we ask that you would keep them strong in the faith. We ask that you would uh, keep them close to you, that they would be a light and a witness for you amongst uh, their their fellow uh, fellow servicemen and women. Lord, we specifically want to pray this morning for Omar Silva, Sean Carnes, Colin Graves, Abner Mauricia, Joshua Davis, Tyler McCarty Cogis, Nathan Hayes, Colby Hayes, Devin Guzman, Matilda Pritchett, and Jason Maxey. Lord, we thank you for all that you do. Again, Lord, we do thank you for our mothers and the the wonderful service that they have done for us over the course of our life. Things that we will never know about, things that we will never know how much they sacrificed or how much they prayed for us or how much uh, they gave up so, uh, so that they could show us your love. Lord, thank you again for all that you're doing for us now. Thank you for all you have done and thank you for all that you will do. It's in the name of our Savior, Savior Jesus that we uh, pray, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Let's join now in singing our hymn of communion, Lamb of Glory. shown to us, and the love of God, as great as our mother's love is, the love of God is so much greater. The Father who gave his own Son for us. Our communion scripture is Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to access and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let us pray. Our Father, the sacrifice your Son made for us cannot be matched, cannot be equaled. And Father, as we attempt to live a life that would be suitable and good in your sight, we know that we cannot match. 
what your son has done. And it is through grace and his death that we have salvation. And so as we gather together this morning to remember that death and on the cross and our salvation, as we partake of these emblems, may we partake of them in a manner that would be pleasing in your sight. In Christ's name, amen. As Paul, writing to the Corinthians, reminding them what this was all about, he says to them, For what I receive from the Lord, I also pass on to you. That on the night the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do, uh, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
your father's side, the son of God forsaken, the holy sacrifice for me he was forsaken for me he died alone my sin forever taken that I might be his own the holy stricken abandoned and alone he bore the world's affliction he bore it as his own for me he was forsaken for me he died taken that I might be his own and when my heart is broken torn by my sin and pride the son of God now risen will draw me to his side for me he was forsaken for me he died alone my sin forever taken that I might be so for me he was forsaken for me he died alone my sin forever taken that I might be his own that I might be his own. Amen. Let us stand as, as we sing our worship in song, God Give Us Christian Homes.
Please be seated. As I was looking for a verse to read today, I ran across one that doesn't actually have much to do with uh, giving unless we complain about it. But uh, I think in today's world, this is something that we need to do. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Let us pray. Our Father, we're so thankful that you have blessed us and continue to. And Father, as we come to meet today to give back a portion of what has been given to us, we ask that these funds be used in a manner that will spread your kingdom and spread your word and help those in need. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. too long. Would all those who are mothers please stand up? If you can. Or raise your hand. If you've been a mother for more... Well, we're not going to go there. (laughs) Thank you for all that you have done for us. We wish to honor you this morning. Please be seated. The next group to stand up. No. (laughs) The ultimate goal of every woman should be to love God with all of your heart and all of your soul, all of your mind and all of your strength. But the second goal of every woman should be to love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest honor that can be bestowed upon any woman is to hear our Father say, our Heavenly Father say, Well done, good and faithful servant. One of the honors that God allows us to have is the honor of motherhood. That's a very, very high honor. And whether... You're being honored today as a mother, or you're here with us doing the honoring. Today, we celebrate 
mothers. My mother, bless her heart, yeah, we know there's a story coming with that one. My mother, bless her heart, she was driving her Ford Explorer, and this is 25 years ago, probably. And as she was driving, she was trying to figure out where East was. Now, my mother, she was raised on a farm. She married a Boy Scout. She had three Boy Scout boys. She knew her north, south, east, and west directions. She wasn't trying to figure out which way east was so much as how far away east was. Because as she was driving her Ford Explorer, right there above the gas gauge, it kept saying 150 miles to E, 100 miles to E, 50 miles to E. And as she was going west and east was getting closer, she didn't realize it was the gas gauge reading closer to empty. So... And I tell this story, and she jokes about it all the time. This, this is, I've got several of these My Mother Bless Her Heart stories, and they're all, I would say, classic. We've also got several My Mother Bless Me stories, and I'll tell one of those at the end. But mothers are spectacular, and there's little fun things about every mother. And some mothers have gifts at certain things, and other mothers have gifts at other things. And every one of us can remember stuff about our mothers. So let's take a look at a few women in the Bible here. Miriam, Moses' sister. Deborah, a judge of Israel. Jael, if you know who Jael is, kudos to you. She's mentioned just one little time in the book of Judges. And she's the guy that executed the leader of the, the army that was attempting to wipe out God's people. And he went and she allowed him to come into her home and she executed him there while he was asleep. Yeah, that was with the tent stake, yeah. And we're going camping this weekend, by the way. There was also Esther, who we never know anything about her being a mother. In fact, we don't know anything about J.L. or Deborah or Miriam being mothers. And we don't know anything about Anna being a mother, Mary Magdalene, Mary and Martha, Joanna, who was also one of the ladies at Jesus' tomb on Easter morning, Tabitha, uh, who was healed by, uh, raised from the dead by Peter. We actually talked about her this morning in Sunday school. And Phoebe, who's actually mentioned uh, as a deaconess, a deacon in the early church. And there's all these women, and actually none of these women have anything to do with being a mother. But we honor all of them as well. But as we are honoring mothers this morning, we're going to turn to a passage in 2 Timothy where Paul is writing a letter. And right at the beginning of the letter, he gives his usual greeting, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise, that is li- the, of, promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy. My dear son, now Timothy's not Paul's son, but Paul has trained him and taught him so much, and he's possibly the one who actually led Timothy to Christ. He considers him his child. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. And I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did, he says, with a clear conscience, night and day, as I constantly remember you in my prayers. 
And I remember, I recall, I recall all of your tears. So, and I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Now, why are we talking about Paul and Timothy? This is supposed to be Mother's Day. Well, guess what? Paul had a mama. Well, it seems like a bit of a stretch. Jesus had a mama. Moses had a mama. David had a mama. All the people in the Bible, all the men in the Bible, all the women in the Bible had mamas. Timothy also had a mother. And both his mother and grandmother are mentioned. And we're going to talk about seven things today that we want to remember about our mothers. And we're going to talk about these things, and we're going to start off with her sincere faith. Now, all these things are not an exhaustive list. So as we're writing things down, if you start to remember other things about your mother that you would want to honor her with, write them down. If you start thinking of other things, you know my mother was spectacular at, write it down. And just start to remember your mother. And if you are able, tell her. And if you're not, thank God for what she has done for you. But we're going to start off here with seven things to remember about your mother, and we're going to start off with her sincere faith. Because right in the next verse of our passage here, we get to verse 5, and Paul says, as I'm remembering you, Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, And I am persuaded now also lives in you. Lives in you also. So this sincere faith didn't start with Timothy and it didn't start with Paul. It started all the way back with grandma. And with mom. And as we find out in another spot, Timothy's father is Greek. Now whether that means he was a believer in Christ or not can be debated. But we know he did not have Jewish ancestry which... Uh, grandmother Lois and Mother Eunice did. And so they grew up knowing who God was. They grew up knowing what God wanted from his people. And they instilled these things into Timothy. So as we are remembering what our mothers have given to us, if your mother was a woman of faith and she put that into you, Be sure to remember that from her. I can remember countless times that my own mother read story after story after Bible story after Bible story to me. And all those little things had a big effect. Like one little second on the microwave after another. One second doesn't make a difference. But you start adding those seconds together and whatever it is you're cooking is going to get overcooked. And all of the stuff that my mother had poured into me through Bible stories, Bible verses, and all of that, her faith was solidified so that when I came into contact with things later on, there wasn't a wavering. There wasn't this misdirection. I knew who God was because my mother had introduced me to him. 
Let's take a look at a second thing that we're going to remember. And from here on out, we're going to be bouncing around in the the Bible quite a bit. So you can try to to, uh, flip through and we'll have some sword drills and you can try to keep up. Or uh, we've also got it on the screen if you want to just follow along. So the second thing we want to know about is her teaching. And like I said, my mother taught me a lot. Bible stories, Bible verses about who God was, about what he did. But there are other things that our mothers have taught us. And here's the second bless the heart story. But this one's more about me. My mother taught me not to backtalk. If you all remember, they had the the big uh, Southwestern Bell yellow phone books that were, you know, massive. Uh, And as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, somewhere in there, the thing was like about this big for me. And I had gotten this thing out and set it on a kitchen chair And I don't remember what I was doing with it, if I was standing on it, sitting on it, but I was done with what I needed it for, and I was getting ready to go back to my room, and my mother says, Michael, are you done with that? I say, what, what, mom? She said, are you done with that? Yes. Okay, put it up. And of course, I'm a bright little boy. Okay, mom, it's up. My mother taught me not to backtalk. Okay, leave it there for a little while. So I stood there with that yellow phone page book over my head for probably about five or six minutes until I was very, very sorry for what I had done. But our mothers teach us different things. And some mothers teach about how to take care of your finances. Some mothers teach us how to cook. Some mothers teach us not to backtalk. Some mothers teach us fill in the blank. And we remember back to all those little things that our mothers have taught us. Let's take a look at one spot in scripture where it talks about the things that our mothers teach us. This is out of Proverbs chapter 6. By the way, I I went through and I counted the number of times in Proverbs that mother is mentioned, and it's 15 different times throughout the book. That's one in pretty much every other chapter. And they're usually paired together so that there's a couple of of things talking about mothers. And then we go off and we talk about wisdom, and we talk about how to live wisely, we live wisely, and then it comes back to mothers again. And it does this several times. Proverbs 6 My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them, those teaching and those commands, bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. And we got a whole lot of country songs that talk about, I still hear my mama's voice talking to me. I still remember when my mama said this. I still remember this about my mother. I still remember her. I can hear her voice ringing in my ear when I'm getting ready to do something I probably shouldn't be doing. Mothers teach. And that brings us to our third point. We want to remember her comfort. The comfort that she gave to us. And let's take a look at Matthew chapter 23. And this is one of my favorite verses in regards to this because it shows the mother's love coming from God. 
Jesus is speaking. And this is right before he's getting ready uh, to go to Jerusalem to be executed, to be put up on the cross, to die for us. And Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And he's not talking about the city. He's talking about the people. He's not talking about just the people of Israel, but he's talking about all of God's people, all the nation of Israel. Because as we might say, it was Washington versus Moscow. Or it was London versus Berlin. We're not just talking about those cities. We're talking about everybody that is linked to those cities, that is led by those cities. So Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who have been sent to you, who God has sent to you, you who you are rejecting God, often I have longed to gather you together as a hen gathers its chicks under her wings. And yet you were not willing. Look, your house is left desolate. He's speaking about future things that are going to come. Your house is left desolate, for I tell you, you won't see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And there's a two-part thing to this. But God is so concerned. Jesus is so concerned about these that he's thinking about the way that a, a, a chicken, a mother hen, gathers its chicks under its wings. And there's that comfort there. And he wants to take them and comfort them so that they will remain in truth, so that they won't be led astray, so that they won't go off and do their own thing. She wants to comfort them and bring them close so that they are safe from all that other junk that's out there. And mothers do a superb job at comforting. Dads, sometimes we're okay. But when Corbin or Abigail get hurt, oftentimes I'm reaching my arms out to them and say, come here, let me comfort you. And they run straight towards me, right past me, and go to mama. Sometimes they run straight past me and go to my mother. But mothers comfort. And we want to remember the comfort that our mothers have given to us. And the way they have consoled us, the way they have cried with us, the way that they have cried for us, the way that they have just sat next to us and listened to our sobs and listened to our stories. And sometimes through a lot of words and sometimes through very few words have brought comfort. We want to remember her comfort to us. We also want to remember her life. That's our next point. And it's not so much the life that she's lived that I'm focusing in on here, but it's the life that she's given. Because all throughout her life, she is going to have laid aside things, laid aside time, laid aside uh, opportunities, laid aside different things for the sake of her children. But that all starts off with her laying aside nine months as she is bringing life into this world. And so it's not so much her life, but it's 
the life that she has given you. Because try as we may or may not, guys can't do that. And the growth of that child is so special, is so intimate. And the life that she gives us, regardless of anything else, regardless of how good of a mother or, or not good of a mother she may be throughout your entire life, you are here. Because God has used her to bring you here. Let's go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis. It says, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. This is right at the tail end of chapter 3, which means it's right after the sin of Adam and Eve. And death comes into the world. And God comes in, judges the serpent, judges the actions of Adam and Eve. And there will be death. And yet, God in his mercy, God in his grace, is also giving life. Adam recognizes this. And Eve is called mother of all the living. And then at the very beginning of chapter 4, Adam lays with his wife Eve. She becomes pregnant and gives birth to Cain and says, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth life. I've brought forth a man. I've brought forth a man-child. And then later on gives birth to his brother Abel. And then later on, Seth. And as it says in Genesis 5, there were other sons and daughters. Life came in. Even though death was going to reign, as Romans says, from the time of Adam to the time of Christ, God is still bringing life. And he uses mothers to do so. We thank our mother for bringing us into this world, the life that she has given to us. So now we go on to her provision. Because once she has given to us life, her, her giving doesn't stop there. And it continues on. And let's go back again to the book of Proverbs. And at the end of the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs 31, we have what's usually called the, the noble woman. And as a little side note, don't ever feel like this chapter of the Bible says that if you don't do all of these things, you're not a noble woman. This is a listing of the different types of things a noble woman does. I had one friend from seminary who she got taught early on in her Christianity that she had to do all of this stuff, which basically meant she never slept. She, she had 10 days in a week. She had 26 hours in each day. And she was a master of finance and a master of business and a master of... And it, that's too much. This is a listing of the different types of things. And some of the things in here have to do with mothers. And it says, She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family, portions for her female servants. 
She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. Keep going to the next one. When it snows, she has no fear for her household. For all of them are clothed in scarlet. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. And this woman that's described in Proverbs 31, these types of things that this woman does, some of them are provision for her household. Mama makes sure you got food on the table. Mama makes sure you got clothes on, on your back. Mama makes sure you got a place to lay your head at night. She provides. And as a special honoring, we also want to make sure that all single mothers are seen in a huge light for the provision they not only have to provide, but provide by themselves. And the extra jobs that have to be worked. And the extra thoughts that have to go into every single thing. So if you are, or you knew a single mother, make sure you are honoring them today, especially for all the extra stuff that they had to do. But her children rise and call her blessed. She provides. And mothers continually provide for us. My own mother provides way too many toys for my kids. In fact, there was one point, Stephanie, my wife, was saying to my mom, you know, actually, if, if you guys would just, instead of buy, bringing a toy every time you come over, if you would buy a, a piece of flooring, we could probably refloor the entire house by the, by the time these kids are out of elementary school. But mothers continue to provide, and, and they love to do so. And we call them blessed. Our sixth point is we want to remember about our mothers is her support. And mothers, as, as she comforts us, we want to remember her comfort, but there's also other ways that she supports us. And it's not just sitting there with us in the hard times. But mothers also do stuff, and they offer the advice. They support us in what we do. Sometimes they support the good thing that we don't want to do. But they support us. So let's take a look at 1 Kings. This is about a mother named Bathsheba and her son named Solomon. And as you remember, back in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, excuse me, back in 2 Samuel, David has an illicit relationship with Bathsheba and has Bathsheba's husband executed, basically, and then takes Bathsheba in to be his wife because she had gotten pregnant. And that first child dies, but then there's another child named Solomon. And through a series of weird interactions within the book, 
David's other kids start killing one another. One of them throws David off the throne. David gets kicked out of the kingdom. David comes back in later on. His other, that son dies. But David's got a lot of different kids. One by this woman named Bathsheba, whose name is Solomon. And at the beginning of 1 Kings here, where we're getting ready to transition from David's reign to Solomon's reign, one of David's other sons decides to take the throne. And David is, at this point, he's old and he's bedridden and he doesn't know what's going on within the kingdom or who's actually taken charge at this point. So Bathsheba goes to him and and goes and sees the aged king in his room, it says. What is it do you want, he asks. She said to him, David, my lord, you yourself swore to me your servant, by the Lord, your God, that Solomon, my son, Solomon, your son, shall be king after you. You said Solomon was going to be the one who was going to be king, but now, Adonijah has become king, and you don't know anything about it. Bathsheba is bringing this problem to David partly because it's an issue for Israel but more is she's in support of her son. Now this doesn't mean that every time a bully picks on a kid mama needs to go to the principal but sometimes it does. And in this case Bathsheba is going to the person in charge her husband David and saying this isn't the way It was supposed to go. This isn't the way you said it was going to go. And if we remember way back to Genesis, there was another instance where one son was going to get something that another son was supposed to get. And their names were Jacob and Esau. And God had told Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob is going to be the one that I'm going to bring the promise through. Oh, but Isaac really liked Esau. He was a man's man. He didn't just go on the family campouts. He went on the backpacking trips. He was the one who went out. He was the hunter. While Jacob and Mama were in the, in the kitchen talking about, you know, which, which Instapot to use. Esau and Jacob were outside talking about 30-06s and uh, bows and arrows and all the manly man stuff. And Isaac loved Esau. But it was supposed to be Jacob that the promise came through. And Rebekah supports Jacob, but has him go about it the wrong way. Rebekah could have easily gone into Isaac and said, Isaac, this ain't the way it's supposed to go. But Bathsheba, over here with David, does this. And she goes straight to the guy who's making the decision and says, this isn't correct. It's supposed to be Solomon, and I'm here in support of my son. And David could have said, get out of here. David could have said, I don't care. David could have said, oh well, I changed my mind. But let's go to the next pages there. And so David says in verse 28 that he says to call in Bathsheba. This was after he had, she had gone out, and he has 
Other people come in and he's given instructions on what to do. But Bathsheba comes into the king's presence and stood before him. And the king then took an oath. He says again, As surely as the Lord lives, who delivered me out of every trouble. And think about all those psalms that talk about the trouble that God has gotten David out of. As surely as the Lord lives, who's gotten me out of every trouble, I will do what I told you I would do. Solomon, your son, shall be king after me. And he will sit on my throne. And Bathsheba is a spectacular example of mama supporting her son. Which brings us to our last point. And it's her unconditional love. A mother's love doesn't fail. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. And you probably know where we're going with this one. And every time we think of the word love, think a mother's love. Love is patient, is kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love never delights in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. All right. Everybody in here who said they were mothers earlier, I want you to raise your hand if you have never failed once in being the perfect mother to your child. All right, good. Because if somebody raised their hand, I was going to have to go to talking about lying. Anyway. We are all broken. We are all sinful. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned all the way back at the beginning, every one of us has not lived up to the design of God. Every one of us has not lived up to the way God intended us to be. None of us have. Every one of us is broken in some form. And with this love, there's only one who does that. And it's not our mother. And it's not our father. And it's not our best friend. But it's our father in heaven. And he is the one who loves us this way. But mothers sometimes are spectacular examples of all these things. And the kind of love that the mother has to keep loving her kid even after they've dishonored her. And even after the times that they've rejected her. Even after the times that, whether literal or figurative, they spit in her face. Mothers continue to love. And so does our Heavenly Father. So now we have this list of seven things. And we've got, we want to remember her in all these different things. Her sincere faith, her teaching, her comfort, her life, her provision, her support, and her uh, unconditional love. And so now I want us to go back to Timothy. 
and how her mother Lois and grandmother Eunice, grandmother Lois and mother Eunice, how their faith was instilled in him. And we can see all the workings being poured into Timothy. But why does it matter? Because the mother's ultimate desire isn't to be crowned mother of the year. The mother's ultimate desire is for her child. And for Paul, now he's talking to Timothy. And now next in verse 6, he's going to say, since I've been reminded of your sincere faith that's been started in your um, uh, grandmother and your mother, for this reason, since I've been reminded of that, I'm going to remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. I have commissioned you, Timothy. He says, I've put in you, I've given to you the gospel of our Savior. And now you and I have gone around and we've told others about who Jesus is, about that he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose again from the dead, and he is coming back to make all things new. And that whoever believes in Jesus will be saved and has eternal life. And Timothy, we've started all this. And he says, this has been poured into you. And then he says, for the Spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So, don't be ashamed. Be honored. Don't be ashamed. Be honored of the testimony about our Lord, about Jesus. Don't be ashamed of him. Don't be ashamed of me, his prisoner. Oh, Paul's in prison writing this letter to Timothy because he's been put in prison for presenting the gospel. And he says, don't be ashamed, but rather join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And Timothy, all of this can be traced back to the roots that you had from your mother and your grandmother. And so here's our take-home truth. Honor your mama. And that's it. And yeah, I used the Texas version up there for today. Honor your mama. Or as somebody else earlier said it, your mother. Honor your mama. Mamas ain't perfect. But they have done more than we will ever know for us. And we can honor our mothers either through telling them or telling others or bringing it in prayer before God. So do that today. And don't do it just today. But do it throughout the year. Tell others how great your mama is. Let's pray. Lord God, again, we thank you for all that you have shown us through our mothers. Lord, we thank you that you and your wisdom have put together people in our lives who raise us up. Fathers, mothers, uncles, aunts, grandmothers, cousins, 
teachers, friends of the family, all these different people, Lord, pour into us. And we thank you for all of them. Today, Lord, we especially thank you for our mother and that special place that she has in our hearts and in our lives. Help us to always honor her. And it's in the name of our Savior Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the dead, that we pray. Amen. Let us stand as we sing our hymn of invitation. There is a wideness in God's mercy. In God's mercy, like the wideness of the sea, there's a kindness in injustice which is more than liberty. There is welcome for the sinner. things about mothers. I hope you won't kill me for this next statement. Uh, If you are in the baptism class, we are still meeting today, but only just for a few minutes, so you'll still be able to go to lunch with your moms. So, don't hurt me. Uh, I'm just a messenger. Uh, But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll still meet today, and if you can't make it today, then we will uh, continue, then we'll make sure you get caught up uh, next week. Um, But moms, thank you. Thank you for what you have done. Uh, Be sure you tell others about how great your mother is. Let's pray together, uh, and then we'll have one more song, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord God, uh, we thank you again for all that our mothers have done. Lord, they are amazing. They are wonderful. Thank you so much. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.